Stream the show on demand at KetchikanRadio.com. governor's office welcome dave hey i haven't seen you in a couple of weeks well it's you know it's, it's graduation season and budget season and everything else so i blew my budget on my daughter's graduation party well at least you had a budget uh that's saying a little bit more than the rest of those folks in juno can say well they're they're working on it currently that isn't right? the end of the session like imminent like it's looming within days we, we use we use the phrase pending. Pending. Okay. Pending. 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 We've got a budget pending. We've got an end of session pending. Anything else pending? Uh, well, that's about it. it it's the budget. It's uh, Reed's bills over in the House uh, that the Senate passed unanimously. There's some um, sexual assault and other crime bills that uh, we're we're watching to see if those get passed right before the uh, deadline. So uh, there, there is no shortage of pending with things going on in the legislature right now. Always at the 11th hour. So maybe in case folks haven't been paying close attention, uh, so the Senate passed a budget and then went over to the House and the House said, mm, no. And what, what was the big disagreement? Well, it's it's uh, you know it it, it it depending on on who you you talk to, uh, some legislators were concerned that there are provisions in Medicaid for the funding of abortion that are part of a federal law, so uh, th- that is why they voted no. Uh, other people voted no because uh, the overall size of the budget, uh, and and some folks voted no. I'm I'm going to imagine because the they were not comfortable with the size of the dividend. I mean, there's 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 really no shortage of reasons why people voted no. Uh, except that in in many cases, uh, some folks who voted no told some members of legislative leadership that they were voting yes. So, I, I and that's just I, I don't have any names. It's 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 just information that that uh, uh, different reporters and, and and bloggers have been putting out there. So, I it, I think in the in the macro sense. What, what people uh, are, are seeing here is the reality that the legislature doesn't work for anyone other than uh, the people who sent them to Juno, and it is the people who sent them to Juno, not the governor, not uh, you and I chatting here on a radio show or anything else, that will have to hold those folks to either what they campaigned on or, or, or conversations they've had in town hall or other meetings. So it, it's... This is how the legislative process is supposed to work, and I think, unfortunately, occurred on a weekend in which people were very busy, so they were only uh, aware of it by the reporting of newspapers across the state, and not too many of us actually pulled up a chair and watched it for an hour and a half. Well, and here's the—okay, so I'm probably being too simplistic here, 
but I don't understand why these conversations couldn't have taken place prior to, and some of these irons, you know, these wrinkles worked out prior to this, you know, the kind of sudden no vote. Do those conversations just not take place, or were so many of these no votes just such a surprise? I, I, I don't get it. I, I, I think, I, I, I mean, I'm not down there, but, but I can tell you that, that uh, you know, there's several reports of the governor meeting with legislators and legislative leadership and legislators meeting with other legislators. And, and I mean, Juno, Juno doesn't stop talking to each other uh, just because there's just, just a few days left in the session. So I, 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 I believe everyone had uh, an idea of what they thought what was going to happen, and only some people had an idea of what they knew what was going to happen. And, and I, 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 I'm just, like, like I said, uh, watching it from where I was putting out pulled pork and uh, Hawaiian sweet rolls to make uh, pulled pork sliders, that, that's just the sense that I got Saturday. Interesting. I, I, it'll be fascinating to see how it all works out. Uh, because there's uh, I, there's a pretty big gap there in that, especially in that PFD area. It, yeah, Once well, again. I, I think you, you, well, right now there's a pretty big gap in everything because technically there's no budget. So, and as you pointed out, Michelle, the clock is ticking. Uh, there are. Uh, you know, here we here we are uh, again with just a few days left in the session, and uh, a lot of folks uh, who are supportive of a small dividend, supportive of a big dividend, supportive of a dividend somewhere in between, supportive of the, the dollar amount doesn't really matter. It's why can't you folks come up with a calculation and stick with it, uh, which I, I would argue is how we got into this mess in the first place. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not overly complicated. If, if you or I are pop doing 70 in a 55 zone, and the rule is you get a ticket and so many points uh, for that sort of speeding ticket, you have to follow the rules. And if the rule is here is a calculation to calculate what the payout of a permanent fund dividend will be, uh, that was passed in one body by a pretty solid majority and not passed in the other body by a very slim majority. So uh, I, I don't know how it comes together. I don't know um, what uh, what uh, uh, is, is on the horizon, but uh, it, it's not like we have to wait too terribly long. I mean, it's, it's right here. Yeah, do you think they're going to end up having a special session? You know, I... A week ago, I would have said, oh, there's no way. There's plenty of time. Uh, everybody knows uh, where, the, where the pieces are for the, the various components of this. And now, I, I mean, I, I think it kind of depends on, does the conference committee come back with a, a budget uh, that, that looks completely foreign to what the Senate passed? Uh, do they come back with a budget that looks precisely what the Senate passed and the House found that mostly unpalatable? Um, I, I, I just well, now, I isn't, okay, just don't know. Tell me if I'm mistaken. <laughs> I thought the conference committee was made up of representatives from both bodies who uh, would then come together and, you know, kind of like uh, you're in negotiations, um, you know, I, you know, you're you're going to be in arbitration. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. Well, then they, I, I don't know. I just feel, you know what I feel like, Dave, our state, 
with COVID and everything else, particularly the communities like Ketchikan that were so deeply affected by tourism and the loss of revenue, you know, the communities who are made up of constituents, the legislature owes a quick answer to those people because the last thing that we all need is another period of unknown. And I think that that's, that, I think that's what's thrown so many people off. You have the Senate voting for a permanent fund dividend of about 4200 bucks uh, and an energy rebate of another $1,300, uh, sending that back to the House. And, you know, the, the House didn't meet immediately. I think it was like three or four days before they, they met to even take up concurrence. And uh, they voted it down. So I... I I mean, I, I don't know if there are members of the legislature who wanted something that they, they couldn't get. I don't know if there are members of the legislature who were, were just uh, playing run out the clock to, to make things for, from a negotiating standpoint a bit more difficult. I mean, I, I, I just don't I, I don't know. I know that you have 40 people with 40 different views about how a thing should be. And clearly, whatever that thing was, it was not, excuse me, to the, to a a, uh, a a the liking of of uh, the majority. And yeah, there's there's folks in Ketchikan, there's folks in Angoon, there's folks in Nome, there's folks in Manly, there's folks all over the state now, kind of throwing their hands up, going, "Well, now what?" And and I think to your point, Michelle, uh, nearly two years of "Well, now what?" is really fraying on the nerves of a lot of Alaskans. Oh, absolutely. And uh, wasn't the House vote uh, something like twenty-two to eighteen? Yes. Yes. I mean, that's that's not a that's not a wide gap at all. Um, you know, I, I just feel very strongly. And again, this is me talking. I'm not speaking on in an official uh, capacity of the Ketchikan Chamber of Commerce. But it just seems like they could put their heads together and come up with some sort of a compromise. Well, I, I mean, it, it, nothing's really changed, has it? Except you've had the stock market and uh, uh have some wild swings, but you've had oil revenue uh, reach, uh, you know, not not historic numbers, but but certainly higher numbers than we've seen in the past several years. Uh, you, you've certainly seen the value of the permanent fund grow, and 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 so it's it's not like people don't know what we're looking at. I, I think all of the various components, all of the. All of the things uh, that, that, that people would have said, well, I, that's kind of an unknown. We, we, we've, we've got a pretty good idea where we are financially. And, uh, I mean, I, I would think that, that especially by now, uh, the, the quote-unquote period of, of uncertainty, I don't know if folks can make that case with a straight face. Yeah. And you know what was kind of interesting, um, you know, just kind of uh, looking at some what some of my friends were saying in the lower 48, you know, the cancellation of those Alaska oil leases, um, you know, it, yes, that's not good. But wasn't I mean, I think people in the lower 48 have this this imagination uh, of some sort, this fictitious imagination that all of a sudden you can drop a drill in the ground and oil comes spurting out uh, like immediately overnight. But isn't that like a five to 10 year process at a minimum? Oh, oh, it is. And you probably see that there are some folks in the legislature who seem to have that, that view of as that's how it works as well. So yeah, there's, there's, 
There's no shortage of misunderstanding how oil is produced and the lead time that's needed. And, and there's, there's no shortage of perhaps uh, misunderstanding or limiting taking things into account of the need for, you know, you know we, people have different views on what the size of the dividend could be, and that, that's a fair discussion to have. But are, are you telling me by day 117 you just don't know? Yeah. And, and that's what I think a lot of people are finding hard to believe. Exactly. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Maybe next week when you call in, you'll uh, have something different well, to report. Will be a special session or we'll know what the budget is, Michelle? It's, it can only be one of the two. There you go. Open door A or door B. Well, hey, that's thanks right. for calling. That's right. You bet. All right. Have a great week. Bye-bye. You too, Michelle. Bye. All right, there you have it. Uh, quite, actually, quite informative from Dave Steeran from the governor's office. In the house, I've got my friends from Grow Catch Can, Deborah and OC. And if you didn't know, um, I, I've been talking about it a lot, but Grow Catch Can, their offices are now located inside of the chamber offices, which are in the second floor of the plaza above Wells Fargo. And that, to me, has been an incredible move because. There, we get a lot of calls, you know, being a single staffer myself, we get a lot of folks who are looking for um, business counseling, they have questions, they're looking for grants, they're all sorts of stuff, um, and that's right up your alley. Um, so it's really cool to be able to be like a one-stop shop where we can say, hey, uh, that's that's not my ballywick, but guess what, we can help you and Go see the fine folks over at Grow Catch Can. But now this week, this has been really fascinating to me. This week, you guys have a couple of events that are going on that are, I think, pretty integral to the community. The first one being the housing meeting tomorrow. That's happening in the chamber offices at noon, open to all. Uh, it's been very, very productive. You want to give a quick update on that, Deborah? Yes, well, it consists of us just doing what's logical, putting together several elements that we need in order to make housing happen. One is funding, two is finding the land or, or buildings to refurbish, and three is putting the builders in. And we're doing that. We've discovered that there are some land sources such as the Mental Health Trust is talking to us now about being willing to build on their land. And the Forest Service is interested. So we've been getting maps of all these places and what land is available. And we've been, uh, I, I've been inventorying all of the uh, bare land in the, in the borough that is cl somewhat close to town, and uh, whether it's on the market or not, and we'll be talking to the owners and see what their appetite is for maybe building some houses. And we've been lining up some funding sources. The government funding sources are targeted at low-income housing, but we need that too. So we're lining those up. One is CB CDBG, another is low-income housing tax credits, and we've gotten all of the information on how to activate that and what kind of developers can do that. So it's just putting it all together. and Really acting as a facilitator, because it was quite interesting. Um, you know, this topic came up in the chamber board meeting last week, and some folks were like, hey, why is it always about low-income housing? Well, it's not. It's no. not at all, because no. in order to build anything, whether you're going to build a $700,000 home or you're going to build duplexes or, you know, as I would say, always capturing that missing middle, which is the mid-range income earners, mm -hmm. um, a little bit of something for everyone. It just so happens that the grants that you're talking about through Alaska Housing Finance and the other places, 
I just have the utmost admiration for you for being able to scope these grants out. There's, they target that low-income yeah, housing. They do. And in some cases, don't, I'm, and correct me if I'm mistaken, but I thought in some cases it could be a mix of middle and low. It depends on the funding program. Okay. You know, it, with low-income housing tax credits, yes, you can mix them, but then you get fewer tax credits. So, but it, it isn't all low-income tax credits. It's just that that's where subsidized funding is. And the, one of the big hurdles for development is the cost of building roads and utilities. And that's where this subsidized, uh, subsidized from the government come in. And so that's targeted low-income. But no, all of the other bare land that I'm inventorying is, is certainly suitable for other kinds of building. And we'll just have to put our heads together on how to maybe make the infrastructure for that work. Well, yeah, because we were at an event this weekend and I overheard a conversation, you know, someone was saying, well, you know, going to get a real, de- a real de- I would say the real decent lot, um, say for 150000 then you're going to put another 150 yep. minimum into just getting it accessible and with utilities and so on and so forth. So now you're in for three hundred, and that's even before you start building. Yep. And building materials are through the roof. Ah, no pun intended, but um, they are through the roof. And it, so it almost makes the cost untenable for uh, most folks. Uh, now there are other lots for sale. I saw one come on the market uh, mm-hmm. within the city limits for uh, 55,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that one over the weekend. And uh, you know, you just have to keep your, keep your sniffer going around town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, that with that being said, there was another individual at this event um, who, I, I, my sense tells me they were rather new to the community, but I, I wasn't sure. I didn't want to be that nosy. Uh, but the person was lamenting the fact that they, they're having a difficult time finding land for sale. Um, so, you know, don't know who they're working with. Don't know how long they've been looking, you know. Mm-hmm. Is, is long to them I've been looking for two days or is long for them I've been looking for 12 months? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, know. We have a lot of buildable land in the in the borough or in, in the city area that is not on the market um, but maybe people are amenable to thinking about that about building on it mm-hmm. you know it's just been sitting there sometimes for years and years and years and so what are they planning to do with it and then all those costs you mentioned that is the barrier and why we don't have a lot of building going on is those costs right indeed so, well the other thing that that was mentioned um in the conversation was you know the the problem of wetlands oh yeah and you know it, it could it, i think the person was mentioning uh that someone had purchased some land uh several years ago don't know the location mm-hmm. and it was not in the wetlands and now all of a sudden they decided to build, and all of a sudden it is in the wetlands. Oh yeah. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, uh, what you know, what's going on here? And apparently that's a whole different set of hoops to jump through. <laughs> they better put in some drainage right away. <laughs> <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> well, anyway, everyone's welcome. It's actually I really enjoy the housing meetings just because you know it's actual things getting done. Okay, it's just not a lot of people sitting around yapping about our housing problem, uh, but it's actual things getting done, and it's a really I mean, extremely diverse set of individuals that have been attending this to land from landowners to business owners to bankers, bankers, builders, renters, even mm-hmm. uh, just it's it's all over the map. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's really cool. Anyway, free open to the public tomorrow, 12 p.m. Chamber offices, second floor of the plaza. But wait, there's more. Uh, we got something going on on Friday, too. Yes, we do. 
It's time for Ketchikan to open the door to prosperity. You were talking about the need for uh, security and, and the need for certainty. Well, we've had a lot of uncertainty over the last two years. We had 15% average unemployment uh, in 2020. That's just astronomical. It was higher than the United States, higher than any place in Alaska. Our, our one major industry was shut down. And Ketchikan has a history of this, of depending on one big major industry and then the industry fizzles on us. First it was fishing and then in the 60s we fished it out and until we got hatcheries, we, fishing was a bust. And then it was timber and, and then the forest got shut down, no more timber. No more pulp mill. No more pulp mill anywhere, not Sitka, not here. No more lumber uh, mills. We just have one or so left, and they're struggling. So we, we can't do this depending on single dominant industries, even if now it's recovering and we're all feeling really happy. It's, we have to predict that sometime in the future we're going to have more uncertainty. Well, I, I totally agree so with you. Because we need you, to diversify. Well, yes, and... and you know, we can't be, you can't be, it doesn't matter what you're doing in your life. You cannot become complacent in, in the way that you're not always moving forward, improving, or, or somehow changing things up, even if it's in the slightest way. Uh, it doesn't, it could be your personal life, could be in your own business, could be anything. You just can't sit around and be happy. Um, I guess you could if you if you won the Mega Million Powerball thing. Anyway, but that's not us, and so we need to diversify. Now there has been some diversification happening in yes. a small way, uh, particularly with mariculture right. um, and some in some other areas. But there could be more. Mining is coming back to a certain degree, but that's largely on POW. Yeah, um, and then how many years? And then my, a mine only lasts twenty to thirty years. Well, and sometimes it, a mine takes a very, very long time. You know, we were talking about oil. You know, yeah. you just don't drop it in the ground. Same thing with mining. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done before right. a mine becomes actually productive. And they've been working on that for at least the last 13 years. So it might be quite a while yet. So, yeah, kelp farming is, is a really good opportunity. Uh, we've got the shipyard. That is a diversification. Yep. That's a really big one. And they're, you know what? They're busier than I'll get out of it. Yeah, here. they are. That's great. And the more we can do, we could do support for the shipyard. We could manufacture parts that they need, or we could, you know, make do steel manu uh, st uh, steel fabrication, things like that that we could do to support the shipyard. So the point of Friday's meeting. Now I'll be speaking there briefly, as will Robert Venables, who is the head of Southeast Conference. Which, if you don't mm -hmm. know what Southeast Conference is, it is the comp compilation of Southeast communities. Really, it, it's an economic development organization. Yeah, um, really strong organization too. Yeah. He'll be speaking briefly, but it's kind of more about all coming together with some ideas, right? Yeah. The Southeast Conference puts out the Comprehensive Economic Development Strategy, which is mandated by the Economic Development Administration. They're the regional economic development uh, organization for, Ala for Southeast Alaska, Southeast Conference. So they have put this out, and they have various focus areas in there that are aligned with a lot of what we're doing, mar mariculture and you know food security and some of the other things that, that are central to our topics here in Ketchikan. We'll be going over those. Robert will be reviewing the, the Comprehensive Economic Development Strategy and support for Ketchikan 
mariculture. We've got oysters and kelp and things like that that we can uh, expand. So we'll look at a couple, some of these opportunities that we have, but we want to open it up for other people to participate, to look at what we, where we are so far, what, what the current opportunities are, and then let's think about some other things that we could possibly do. We have a, a beginning a good drone industry going here where drones are being used for surveys, uh, for, for architectural things, for all kinds of applications of, that are high-tech and scientific. And that's a good burgeoning industry that could be happening here. And that's interesting that you would mention that because I feel like it's going to be this jigsaw puzzle of a bunch of, of yes. small things that come together to make it extremely diverse. And then I was going to ask you, literally, this just popped in my head. I was on the Southeast Conference Transportation Committee a couple of weeks ago, and I was surprised um, that the folks down in Hyder were talking about how viable uh running a ferry to Hyder would be because they yes. have hotels, they have this, they have that, and a road. And so they were they were on the call saying, hey, don't forget us down here. We could right. become a really valuable piece of that puzzle. And then you talk to Marco Scheer, uh, kelp farming, you know, it, and also uh, the a lot of the fishing industry, you know, the ability to have the Prince Rupert, Hyder, wherever, to get that fresh pro fresh product to market um, is really important. And so mm -hmm. are we going to talk about any of those kind of fringe issues? Yeah, well, there's infrastructure like that, that uh, transportation to Hyder. We're looking into barging to Hyder and barging to Prince Rupert. And we want to do, I need to get some grant money to help with and do the feasibility on this. But there's even the plans were in place in 2004 for a road to Canada. So... That's, it. that's interesting, right? People yeah. laugh when I say that, but it, there's a map and the and the road, and it's in the state transportation plan, and people were really thinking about that. And that's the that's that big book that former Governor Murkowski is always waving around. We've yes. had a plan for yes. years. Yes, that's the one. In fact, he was the one who told me where to find the map to the road to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I just think that there's so many interesting pieces to the puzzle, and you know, one thing that Ketchikan is is not short on ideas. I mean, all you have to do is look. So where was I? Um, someone was asking me, uh, what do you, oh, I know. It was a meeting that we had with Royal Caribbean. The, the, the Four of the, the big executives from Royal Caribbean were in town. And they were kind of asking, well, what's your sense for the number of businesses that have, were so affected in the downtown corridor by the lack of tourism that they shut their doors? And I said, well, I, I can't answer that. I, I And I said, I literally drive downtown every single day and I purposely drive a different way through the downtown every single day so I can kind of look and when you've seen one uh, door shut down or you see a for up you know it's a matter of usually a couple of weeks and up goes a brand new business sign uh, of something different mm -hmm. and there's no shortage of, of businesses that people are opening it's like for every one that closed two others popped up somewhere else uh-huh it's about like that here. There's more entrepreneurial spirit than I've found anywhere else. Yeah, no, and, and it seems like it's it's growing uh, recently. It seems like people are very, very interested in being mm -hmm. entrepreneurial. Um, you know, and, and this is where, I think this is where working together can really help. For example, all of a sudden, we have all these food trucks. 
uh-huh. right? right? I mean, and they're really, really, really popular. The All these food trucks around town, and they're super popular, but guess what? Had the borough assembly not approved those a couple of years ago, we wouldn't be having any food trucks. Yeah, so we all had to work together to get that to happen. Yep, and there's actually a new food truck mini mall uh-huh. going in downtown, uh, right there next on to subway dock street yeah, yeah right next to the su- subway so it makes kind of makes that subway downtown almost like a de facto food truck in and yes, of itself it does, doesn't it <laughs> and go in there it's between new china and subway it's, yeah, it's, it, it's food street yeah chico's <laughs> new china yeah then then it'll be the the mini mall of food trucks then subway yeah. and then just a few doors down you've got just dandy oh yeah Wow. Yeah, it is becoming kind of the... It's Food Street. Food Street. I have to rename it. We'll have to petition City Council. So who can come to the meeting on Friday? Everybody. And they don't have to come. They can do so via Zoom, right? Oh, there's no coming at all. It's all on Zoom. Nice. And the Zoom link is on our Facebook page. We just posted a, a, a notice about that with the QR code. So you can just scan the QR code and it'll take you to the Zoom link. And we're putting out flyers around town. We, we're sending out massive emails with all of the Zoom link on And it lasts, what, about an hour? Yeah, about an hour. About an hour. And that's this Friday at noon. Uh, at, and check it out at the Grow Catch Can Facebook page. And, uh, if, you know, if you, if you need the link or you want us to email it to you, you can email. Uh, go ahead and email me because I, I can't remember your email address. Oh, it's, it's DH, my, my initials, DH at Grow, G-R-O-W-K-T-N dot org. Okay, or info at catchcanchamber.org. Hey, you know, going back to the industry thing, I got I got to give a plug uh, for the Tourism Sentiment Survey that was launched last week. Everyone should go over to ktntalk.com. Um, ktntalk.com. And that's a really cool site that the borough put together, but that's where they have this Tourism Sentiment Survey. There's also a little chat forum going on in there. Mm-hmm. And so you have until June 30th to take the survey. Question was raised uh, at another meeting I was at last week by a, a downtown uh, jewelry merchant. Well, are we allowed to participate? Absolutely. If you are 18 years or older, whether you're here for seasonally or permanently, been here for decades, been here for two weeks, doesn't matter. We need to hear from you. And this is going to put together yet another roadmap as to how the community wants to kind of balance this massive tourism industry that we have, but with a quality of life that our residents can enjoy as well. Because we were talking about becoming complacent, you never want to become complacent because a couple different things can happen. Um, You become complacent and then this industry doesn't grow or the industry grows like crazy, which it is projected to do, folks grows like crazy and then all of a sudden you've got people who are living here who live here locally going this is no fun i i don't like living here and i'll tell you what folks when people don't like where they live they're not nice to the people that are visiting (laughs) they don't if you don't love where you live you're not going to show people that when you have a conversation with them period so uh and that's not to say that you have to be all roses and and glowing in the survey no this is like hey, I don't like it that blah, blah, blah happens, or I don't like it when I have to follow a tour, but whatever it is, I would be very interested to see the entire survey results, which, by the way, your participation is completely anonymous. Whatever kind of conspiracy theory that you may have, 
Put it away. It's anonymous. No one's going to be coming back after. I saw you answered number eight, Deborah, like this. It's not. That's not the way it works. All oh. those answers are going to an outside consultant, and you still don't have to identify yourself. I'm sure they're open for some positive responses as well. Yeah. For example, I really like seeing all the smiles on the tourists. They're having a good time, you know, and they make it a nice day for me. Well, and you know... Forgive me if you are from one of these states. I'll use my own home state of Ohio, right? You know, Did you know that Columbus, Ohio, where I grew up, is considered so bland that most corporations use Columbus as their test market for testing, like, you know, Wendy's different burgers and stuff like that? Because they're considered so average and so blah that that was a good test market. No, well, they might now because Columbus has changed a lot, but no one sits around and says, it has been on my lifelong bucket list to go to Ohio. <laughs> they don't. That's right. But they, it, I've it, been in Ohio for a little while. I know, <laughs> you've been there. Yeah, no, I mean, Ohio is a lovely place, but it's not on your, your trip bucket list for your trip of a lifetime. No. You know, you might like going to an Ohio State game here and there, but you know, it no, it just doesn't work that way. Same thing if you're from like Nebraska or Kansas or somewhere, I don't know, whatever. Nice places to visit, beautiful people, but it's not generally on people's bucket list and our town is. Yes, it is. That's why I love seeing the tourists yes, and I, I literally live in the middle of tourist central. You do. Literally. I, in fact, you know, interesting. Um, and I stopped counting because I didn't want to be like one of those weird people. But it was just kind of fascinating. Between the hours of like 9 a.m. and around 10.30, I counted roughly 8 to 9. And this is just me periodically on my porch, okay? But 8 to 9 tour buses stopping. They stop for roughly 10 minutes. They let them all out. They all look at the salmon. They get back in the bus. And then they go. And then another four buses pull up. It's quite It's quite interesting. But I... I don't mind. It's it's cool. It's cool. So do that. KTNTalk.com. And you can also find the survey and the very splash homepage of the borough website. So, um, yeah. So, hey, I want to uh, welcome a couple of new members to the chamber. Power of Wellness. Uh, welcome to them. They are also a new sponsor of the chamber. And I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet. But they also have something really cool up their sleeves for the community awards this year. And we went, this is where we were last weekend. So cool to see young people starting businesses. Yes. Alaska Bigfoot Adventures. Oh, that was fun. That was, that that was, was really fun. cool. <laughs> that was really So this is a trail, and I saw some people kind of chatting about this on social media. This is a closed trail, um, but the secret's out, so I don't know how they're gonna keep people off it. But anyway, it's a closed, meant to be a closed trail that they this company mark marcus martin and and he worked with uh the borough uh-huh. borough lands were involved as well as uh the ward cove group uh this trail is on their land so they struck up an agreement and so this young man who he nicely reminded me this weekend is the same age as my youngest daughter so he's roughly 25. um Anyway, they uh, have created this cool Bigfoot trail, but it's also a really cool trail because they have like um, uh, various fauna and nature stuff. They call them kiosks. They've, they're little little plaques that explain about the plants and the and the, the herbs and things that you find along the way and the animals, and so that's nice. Very family friendly too. Oh yes. Very family friendly. So it's kind of like up there behind Ward Cove Market. 
um, mm-hmm. and just really, and he's been working on this for five years. Yes, he brought in all that gravel for the trail by hand because there was no way to get a mechanical thing up there. Wow. And then there's all kinds of constructed walkways, and it's just beautiful. It's amazing, beautiful. It is beautiful, and I and I suspect that he will, <clears throat> excuse me, give uh, locals tours anytime. Anytime. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's good. Welcome to the Chamber, Marcus Martin, Alaska Bigfoot Tours. Um, what else is going on? I know I've got more. <laughs> you go ahead for a minute, I'll think. Okay, everyone, Nanana Ice Classic is now over. Do you know we had a local person win that? Really? Was oh. one of the 13 people that won it, or 18 people, or whatever. We had a local person in that winning group, oh. which is cool. Um, I mean, Rosemary Nelson, good job. Oh, yeah. Good guessing. <laughs> Uh, so they split that pot. So let's talk about this race to Alaska raffle that the chamber is doing exactly the same concept, just with boats. You need to go to catchcanchamber.com and then you can buy a ticket for five bucks and then guess the date, time, hour, minute, and second of the first boat to arrive in the race to Alaska. So tons of people are very confused. And I've got to admit, I was a little bit too. So here's how it works. The boats leave Port Townsend on June 13th, and then they must stop. Kind of like the Iditarod, right? There's mm-hmm. a second start. There's a second start in Victoria on June 16th at high noon, according to Daniel Evans, the race boss, <laughs> at high noon. <laughs> so from my recollection, the fastest boat to ever arrive, and you guys, you never know. You absolutely never know. But the fastest boat to ever arrive, arrived in something like 36 hours. But then there was another year where six of the boats had their masts break right out of the gate and they're out of the race. So you you have no idea. But the good news is all of that, while it matters and you want to win some cash, every single person that buys a ticket is automatically entered to win two round trip tickets on Alaska Airlines. So. That's, I mean, that's an awesome deal right there. Yes, it is. I'd be way more comfortable than being on an unmanned, no power boat for 750 miles. So. Just jet off to Belize. I got a question for you. I bought my four tickets. Yep. And I've chose my four hours. Is anybody else allowed to choose the same time? Yeah. Oh, so we'd have to just split it. Yeah, you would like, split it. Oh, okay. But it's down to the second, right? Yeah, it's down to the second. So. Okay, so the race to Alaska guys, they said they're going to try their best. To, to be right on the second. But, you know, okay, here's how it works, guys. Those Race to Alaska guys, they don't fool around. Whatever they say goes. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're so strongly opinionated about that that, as a matter of fact, they said, if you give us any trouble and I, if I even feel an inkling to call a lawyer, this is just about the race in general, you're disqualified. You're out of the race. <laughs> oh. They just don't want to fool around with all yeah. that. So, but, you know, it, generally speaking, it's not like the horse race. Oh, my gosh, the Kentucky Derby. Holy <gasps> smokes. Oh, wow. Um, it's not like that. You know, it nose to nose. I've never seen it like that, at least. I've seen it a couple of boat lengths. It, yeah, it was almost like that. It was almost like that. But generally speaking, it's psh, someone comes in. You just don't know. You Because everyone says, well, the catamarans are faster. But that's not true because Team Sail Like a Girl, they were on a monohull, and they won. So you just don't know. Get your tickets. Get them early. You can also get them around town at places like Pacific Pride and the Potlatch and places like Frontier Shipping, places like that, or at the Chamber office. Um, And 4th of July, right around the corner, 
Fourth of July people were actually getting a lot of really good Grand Marshal nominations already, and several people have registered their float. I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be really, really huge. So get your get your uh, paperwork filled out. You can find that at KitchkanChamber.com. Download it, print it, and then either scan it or just drop it off at the chamber office. If for some reason you come by the chamber office, this goes for anything. And the you know we're not there. The lights are off. The doors locked. Whatever. We're out talking to people around town. Uh, there is a wide enough gap in between the door. This is what all kinds of people do. They just slip it through the door. Mm-hmm. Easy to do. I will find you to pay your entry fee. <laughs> or you can put your check in there, too. <laughs> yeah, I've got one. Okay. So, you know, Southeast Conference, we were talking about them. They're doing a business climate survey. Oh, that's right. And we really need to get participation in that. Everybody can express their opinion. You can find it at their website at seconference.org. So, you know so Conference is spelled out. That's a brilliant idea. I just had an idea. Um, rather than all you people who I know are full of opinions... You know it. Don't be afraid to admit it. Because I see you all, all over social media, expressing your opinions. How about you take those opinions or that need to fulfill expressing an opinion, fill out the Catch Can Tourism Survey, and fill out the Southeast Conference Business, Business Climate, Climate Survey. S-E-Conference.org. And then at least for a couple of hours, you'll get that need to express your opinion out uh-huh. of your system, right? <laughs> and to contact Road to Catch Can, once again, it's D H at grow g-r-o-w-k-t-n dot org very cool thanks for stopping by guys thanks hey everyone have a great rest of your week that'll do it for business matters monday